Welcome to First Baptist Church in Belton. We are glad you found us. We seek to know Jesus intimately, serve Jesus passionately, and share Jesus globally together. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Open your Bibles to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. We're having a missions conversation. It is a six-week-long mission conversation as we think about um, uh, the challenge of global missions. And our focus started last Sunday and will carry through March the 1st. If you were not here last Sunday, or even if you were and you did not get one of our mission books, they are on the table this morning underneath the world map. Please pick one up as you go out this morning, and it will share with you our mission uh, vision, uh, things for which we can pray this year, how you can be supportive uh, financially, and also how you can pray for specific mission partners, and it also lists the mission trips that we have planned for this year. Just to let you know, the first of those international trips will leave Thursday it is a three-person trip. Uh, Rhonda Martindale, Tex, and Judy Phipps will be going to South Asia, and they'll be back on the 17th as we continue our efforts to reach the unengaged, unreached people group that we have adopted, the SEGA. And so please be praying for them as they depart later this week. And you can see here in the booklet how you can pray, some specific ways that you can uh, pray for this three-person team. I want to thank Dr. Gish for the magnificent job he's doing in leading us in missions, and particularly for last week's service. And I want to thank you for being flexible, church, with the schedule change that came with it. We understand we don't take that lightly when we do it, and thank you for being so uh, willing to make that change last Sunday. I was absolutely amazed uh, at... Eight languages being spoken last week in, in our worship service. Uh, of course, Spanish, Chinese, Russian, Telugu, Yoruba, French, uh, and English, and sign language. And all of those, so, and that's not all the languages we have in our church. It's just we can't get them all in on one Sunday. But what a magnificent day. And church, I just want to thank you for your love for missions. And you demonstrate that love in your praying, in your giving, in your sending, and in your going. And I'm so very grateful to God for every one of you. Now, today we're thinking about North America, the North American challenge, the challenge of North America. Next week, Texas. And then we'll go on from there. You saw the video very well done on the North American Mission Board. North American Mission Board our Southern Baptist Convention, working in the United States and, and Canada with three major strategies. Strategies are church planting, compassion ministries, and evangelism. And so we began this year a different way of, of going about missions education and mission giving. So we're having the global mission offering for 12 months. Instead of three months of emphasis, you can give all 12 months of the year, and you and the budget adopted what percent goes where. That's in the little book. 
if you're not familiar with it. And so you can begin giving right now and give all the way through December to the global mission offering. And I don't know about you, but even at this point in our lives, for my wife and I, uh, cash flow is still really important. And so this way of doing things will enable us to give more than we could have given with just a, a one-month emphasis for North America, one for international, one for Texas. And so we'll be giving throughout the year, and I hope that you will join me in, in doing that. This morning I want us to think about several things. I want us to think about global missions. I hope we'll reflect upon the challenge that's before us of giving over these 12 months $275,000 to missions. But I want us to think about North America today, the challenge of North America. So I want to leave with you these thoughts, and in a moment we'll read one verse from the Gospel of John. We live in a changing culture. We live in a changing culture. We spent weeks not too long ago sermonically observing the changes in our culture and looking at ways that we can respond biblically to the changes in our culture. Think about the changes of recent years. Think about coming to church and having eight languages spoken in one worship service. When I arrived here years ago, if you had said, do you know one of these days you're going to be worshiping in eight languages? I would have said, how in the world is that going to happen? Well, only by the power and the hand of God has it happened. But in our culture, we see a diversity and a growing diversity in our culture. We see changes in the family structure, we see new ways of looking at church attendance. We see different views of religion that used to not be prevalent in our society. We see technology that we could never have dreamed of just a few years ago. We see growth in our area that we would not have anticipated 20, 25 years ago. As you know, we observed a few weeks ago that the fastest-growing county in the United States is now Williamson County that borders us on the south. When I moved here 31 years ago, Williamson County was what you had to drive through to get to Austin. Well, not anymore. Uh, Williamson County has become a destination. And rapidly that is happening right here in Bell County. And I don't know about you, but when I think about the changes in the culture, I see no need for lament. Oh, I know there's some things that bother us, and we've talked about those things. But there's no need to lament in terms of wishing that we could go back to the past. We can't. And quite frankly, no thank you. A friend of mine sent me some pictures this week. And he said, if you recognize all of these things, then you are a senior adult. (laughs) And I looked at all of them. I said, I remember every single one of them. And some of them brought back warm memories. But do I want to go back there? When I saw the picture of the outhouse, I said, I remember that. And no, I don't want to go back there. None of us do. It's a waste of time, energy, and emotion. 
we've got better things to think about, and that is how can we reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ in the culture in which we find ourselves. Now, I want to read one verse, and I won't ask you to stand this morning because you barely get up and then you'll be right back down. But one verse, John twenty twenty one. Look at it with me. Jesus said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. I want you to let that verse float around in your heart all week, not just this morning, but all week long. I want you to think about what Jesus said. Then remember, secondly, some other words of Jesus when he said, we are, you are salt and light. So send I you into the world and you are salt and light. And that includes North America. First Baptist Belton is not alone in our efforts to reach North America. There are thousands of churches who join with us, but we must do our part. We would not ever think about leaving our part for someone else to do. You weren't raised like that. We are going to do our part in reaching North America for Christ. Jesus said we are salt and light. Salt is a preservative of spiritual values, but salt also adds zest and flavor and life to whatever it touches. And so, yes, we are to be preservers of the things of God spiritually, but we also are to add zest and life to this community and to those around us. So I think about what we saw in the video this morning, the North American Mission Board, and they're leading us in church planting and evangelism and disaster relief and working with uh, and authorizing chaplains in the military and first responders and, and in the workplace. We have in our church chaplains who are uh, uh, sponsored by the North American Mission Board as well as the Baptist General Convention of Texas. And the North American Mission Board has designated what they call send cities. Let me emphasize the D on the end of that word, send cities, not sin cities, although there may be a lot of sin in the cities, but it is send cities. In Canada, cities such as Calgary, Vancouver, Montreal, and Toronto in the Northeast, cities like New York, Boston, Baltimore, the District of Columbia, in the South, cities like Atlanta and New Orleans and Miami, in the Midwest, cities like Chicago, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Kansas City, go Chiefs. Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to say that. <clears throat> Cleveland, in the West, cities like Denver, San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, Seattle, Las Vegas, plus working with the with Puerto Rico and doing extra work in communities with colleges and universities and those communities near military bases. Does that sound in any way at all familiar? We have talked for three years about church planting 
And as you know, the first anniversary of our plant in North Belton Renewal Church is rapidly approaching. April 21st is their first anniversary. May the 17th, Matthew Levant, our planting pastor, will be here to share with you. And I'll go ahead and steal some of his thunder. They are doing very well. And we're thankful to God. Now, there is more to come. We'll reflect upon that in a moment. I thought it was a stunning moment for me, the most stunning moment of last Sunday's service, when Dr. Gish asked in this room, everyone who's ever been on a mission trip, stand up. And I heard lots of movement, and I turned around to look, and I was amazed. The vast majority of people in that service were standing on their feet. And I was so thankful, and and if I may say these words, so very proud of you. Thank you for your involvement in missions. We are salt, we are light, we are responsible to spread the life-giving gospel of Jesus Christ. And so with the words of Jesus, so send I you, we remember These two things, we are a sent people and we are a sending people. As we go out and demonstrate the kingdom of God in the world. Now, the third thing I want us to get our arms around, we keep an eye on the cities. We keep an eye on the cities. Now, we would say, well, Belton's not a very big city, is it? And the city limit's 20-something thousand now. The new census will come out later this year. We'll know exactly. But we're we're confident that it's well in excess of 20,000. I think it was about 5,000, maybe, 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 when we moved here a few years ago. Uh, but you you put us in the context of where we are. Remember who's to the south? Williamson County. And they're coming. <laughs> They're coming. Remember where you heard it first. They're coming. And then you go to the west and there's Colleen and Fort Hood. You go to the east and there's Temple, our larger sister city. And so we contemplate all of that and understand that we are now kissing around 400,000 people in our area and, and more. And it is growing. And we are on a very important highway You ever heard of it? Some of you need to be ashamed of the words that you have used about I-35. But it is a truth of the matter that those of us on the corridor find the areas exploding, and that's not going to stop. That's going to accelerate. So we have a responsibility. I want you to listen or even look, if you would, at Acts chapter 17 for a moment. I'm not going to read the chapter. It is too lengthy, but I want to ask you to read it later. But I want you to notice the focus of Paul on his missionary journeys. If you look at chapter 17, first of all, we find him in Thessalonica. He came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. He preached, he taught. And not only did Jews come to faith in Christ, but many Greeks, or or that is Gentiles also. Then where did he go? Verse 10, he went to Berea, and there many came to Christ. Then he went to Athens, 
perhaps the most spectacular city in the world at that point. Following that, if you go to chapter 18, he went to Corinth. Following that, in chapter 19, he went to Ephesus. And from there began to make his way back to Jerusalem. So as you follow Paul's journeys, you'll find him focusing on the big cities because more people were there and there was the place where there could be a literal explosion of the gospel in that part of the world. Doesn't mean we ignore the smaller places, but it does mean this. There is a desperate need and multitude of opportunities that are endless in the cities. So I want you to see if you can get your mind around this. Think about this, church. Think about this. See if you can get your mind around it. Listen to these words. Belton reaching New Orleans. Belton reaching Denver. Belton reaching Detroit. Belton reaching Seattle. Now, just those are just four illustrations, but but can you get your? How does that sound? Belton reaching New Orleans. Someone may be saying, "Are you kidding me? Do I look like I'm kidding? I'm not kidding." Belton reaching Denver. Belton reaching Seattle. Can you see it? God does. Visions from God are hard. We see them. We embrace them. And then we get scared. We get scared. And we begin to think about all the little details of why we can't do it. We, we see that in our journey to the hilltop. We embrace it. Amen. Then we start thinking about all the little details. Oh, wow. Uh, can't do this, can't do that. I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like that. And, and we forget about the once in a lifetime opportunity that we have for a place of worship that will be our place of worship for generations to come and will be our missionary center for generations to come. So we think about New Orleans and we think about us and we say, we, we can't impact New Orleans. Too expensive, too far, too humid. We need and we have young planters who can be trained and sent and and, and supported. Not sent to plant a mini First Baptist Belton, but to plant churches that are uniquely suited to the community and enlisting a, a group of believers who will penetrate the darkness that is inherent in so many of our cities today. So I want us to, I want us to go now to a fourth thing. This may seem disjointed, but it isn't. It, it ties together. We should know how to share Jesus. We should know how to share Jesus. Some of us in this room have been Christians for 50 years. But you still don't know how to share Jesus. We, we've got to do something about that. And we will. I'm going to promise you that. We're going to do something about that. Or we'll offer the opportunity. You've got to take the moment, but offer the opportunity 
to in a, in a, in a casual, relaxed way that invites engagement in total dependence on the Holy Spirit that has and will result in new believers, fully committed Christ followers. Park that in your mind. That brings us to number five. We cannot simply long for what was. We cannot simply long for what was. Yes, there was a day when the nuclear family was stronger than it is now. There was a day when we had less crime than we do now. There was a day when we felt more secure than we do now. There was a day when we had far less technological distraction than we do now. But there's no sense in us longing for that. It is not coming back. It is never coming back. What we long for now is an explosion of the gospel in North America that is already a reality in South America and parts of Asia and in Africa. And we long for that to happen here. The center of Christianity today is no longer in Europe, left Europe a long time ago, and it is now no longer in North America. The center of Christianity has moved south with its focus upon Africa, South America, and parts of Asia. Number six, we are sent to all peoples, and they're here. They're here. They're here. We are sent to all peoples. And to reach them, you don't have to go to Central America. They're here. Did you catch a slight glimpse of that last Sunday? God has brought the world to the melting pot called the United States of America. Some will stay here for the rest of their lives. Others will go back to where they came from. The question is, will they go back knowing Jesus? And will those who remain become part of the family of God through Jesus Christ as we share the Lord with them and help in that gospel explosion that we long for? When I think about those who come, who will go home, I I think about Paul and Eve Dyke. I've known Paul and Eve for 31 years. They have taken in more internationals than anybody I have ever known, and they have won many of them to Christ, and those internationals have gone back to their countries knowing Jesus and carrying the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's phenomenal. So, Paul and Eve, we salute you, and we thank you for what you've done. Last Sunday, I had a hard time holding it together when the Chinese choir was singing. Because I was thinking memories. I was thinking about the first meeting I had in Chaplain Chris Ng's home when he called and said, I'm meeting with a group of Chinese. Will you come and preach to them? I had no idea. I didn't have any idea how to do it. But Sharon and I went. We, We couldn't believe what we were seeing. A house full of Chinese people, some who didn't yet speak English, all living here either temporarily or permanently. When they began to sing, 
I was astonished. But they sang loud, loudly. And they sang with smiles on their faces. And I'm thinking, they look like they're all believers. Chris leans over to me and he says, the only believers in this room are my wife and I and you and your wife. No one else knew Jesus, not a one. Look what God has done. Look at the number of Chinese who have come to faith in Jesus, been baptized in this baptistry. Many of them have gone back to China with the gospel of Jesus Christ, or they've gone other places with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But my friends, that is what God has done and what God longs to do in North America. Number seven, we must be gospel focused. I'm almost done. The gospel must be the reason we do what we do. If we're expending time and resources and energy on anything that does not have the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ at its heart, we need to stop. The challenge for us is to think through and pray through everything that we do. Why are we doing this? Does it help to know Jesus intimately, serve Jesus passionately, and to share Jesus globally? That brings me to the last thing, and I'm done. We depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. We depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. So send I you. And we see what Paul did. Dependence on the Holy Spirit going from city to city to city. The Holy Spirit will do what only he can do. And we will have no explanation for it apart from the Spirit's power. I would think we ought to remove words like, I can't, we can't. When God speaks, we cheer, then we get afraid. Let's get rid of that. When God speaks, let's cheer and embrace instead of getting afraid. Sometimes we shy away and we lean on common sense. (laughs) You know what I think of common sense. I've already said it several times. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Look for it. You'll never find it. But the Bible talks over and over and over and over again about the impossible things that God will do if we will trust in him. Follow God in obedience and get ready to celebrate his greatness. So is there a challenge in North America? You bet there is, but God will act as we obey him. Maybe our next next church planting pastor is seated in this room or will be in the second service. God's already stirring in his heart. Where is he going to go? He doesn't know yet. But he will listen and he will obey and we will listen and we will obey And then we'll work together with this church planter, God, the church, and the planter. And we'll see what God will do. And those words will come true. Belton reaching New Orleans, Belton reaching, pick your city. It will become a reality. 
I remember the day that I was in the church. It was uh, I went out in the hallway, and there was a young man walking down the hall. I didn't know him, so I said, good morning. How are you? He said, fine. And I said, I'm Andy Davis. And he said, I'm Keith Carpenter. Uh, nice to meet you, Keith. Is there anything I can help you with? Stranger, stranger in the church. Who are you? Keith said, oh, I'm, I'm planting a church in Seattle and I was just driving by and decided I'd come in and look around this beautiful church. Uh, well, great, Keith. Let me, let me take you around. So I started showing Keith around, went over to the, um, the reading room, went by the reading room, going to show him the gym, looked into the reading room and there sat Mark Cox, our missions minister. And I said, Keith, I think there's somebody you ought to meet. So we walked into the reading room together and I said, Mark, this is Keith Carpenter. He's planning a church in Seattle, Washington. Mark's eyes lit up and he said, really? Do you know the rest of the story? From a guy walking down the hall, looking at our church, has now successfully planted a church in Seattle, Washington. We've been there several times on mission trips. There's another one planned sometime this year. We are partners with Keith in reaching Seattle for Christ. What a what an accident. How could such a thing happen? <laughs> God is at work. I think about the church at Wazicha in Wisconsin. And our young intern, Trey Turner. <laughs> there he is. We're partners with Trey and his church in Wisconsin. And I understand from Jason and the missions Missions could be that we now have a partnership in El Paso. Now, that's Texas, so that's next week. But I'm just, wow, how do these things happen? It's a wonderful story, so we'll share it next week. God has provided open doors of opportunity, so what are we going to do? Well, we're on the way, so let's pray, let's give, let's go, let's send for the glory of God, and let's make a difference in North America. Are you on board? Are you on board? All right. God, thank you. We don't know what all this means, but we just know that you are calling us to be obedient. And so we are, and so we will be. May we be faithful, and we'll trust you and stand and watch in amazement as you do what only you can do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God speaks to your heart to give your heart and life to Jesus. Will you come, place your hand in mine, and say very simply, Pastor, I need Jesus. A member of our staff will be here to pray with you. If you want to come and pray about missions, whatever God lays upon your heart, you're welcome in this place. Let's stand and sing together. What is First Baptist Belton all about? How do you become a part of this community? Come learn more at our new members class offered the first Sunday of each month in the gym at 945. This is a great way to connect with others and to learn more about our church.